Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. Get ready for a candid convo with us, Nicole and Kate. Throughout this podcast, we'll be sharing our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hello, good morning, good afternoon to you. Good morning to you. <laughs> what, what is it like on Thursday? <laughs> what Thursday so far is beautiful. It's a beautiful morning. There was a gorgeous uh, sunrise this morning, a very pink mm. sky. So I took a little mm. little video of that so I can share that with you later. It was beautiful. I will be looking uh, at your Instagram stories. <laughs> I will share it. Well, did you notice that my office has changed? I did notice. Nicole has like, I I was like, did you move? (laughs) Because it looks completely different. I I was actually thinking too, because you have a mirror behind you now. Mm -hmm. And I almost thought that maybe I was looking out of a balcony though. So I was like trying to see if I saw the water in the background. (laughs) You've got your beautiful plants in your bookcase. I love it. Yeah, I spent the weekend reconfiguring the office and you'll be very proud of me because this was inspired by your... James Clear, you are, you know, James Clear fan numero uno <laughs> from the amount of times we've talked about James. Yes. But I I know and I committed to reading his newsletter as I promised. Um, oh, because yay. He, yeah, because you get so much out of it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to uh, reading his newsletter from now on. And one of, the th- one of his latest newsletters mentioned looking at, um, oh, what was it? It was really good. It was one of his questions. Mm-hmm. And the question was, um, look around the room where you spend the most of your time and what does what behavior does this space encourage and how can you set things up to make your good habits easier? Ooh, I remember that one. That was in a most recent one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was a recent one. And it made me, I was thinking I want to do my workouts here in my office and I needed to have a bit more space. And so that kind of made me think, okay, well, how can I rearrange so that I actually have more space and it's more comfortable to do my workouts here? And, um, and yeah, voila, now I've like got, it It feels like a fresh new space, which is really exciting. Good for you. I was going to say, sometimes I'll just move some things around because it kind of almost feels like a little bit of a refresh. Like if you're feeling like things are just kind of like blah, or they've been the mm-hmm. same for so long. I'll even like move pictures around or, you know, just change the way that things are sitting on like my desk or whatever it may be. And it is like, it's kind of like buying new gym clothes. You know, when you buy new <laughs> gym clothes and you're like so excited to wear them, it's like a great encourager to work out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got that new workout top. I'm so excited <laughs> to go on my run today. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so we've had a little bit of um, an intro, a little bit of banter, but um, we should get on with our uh, conversation topic of today. Um, What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah, so a while back we chatted about the great resignation, changing careers, building confidence in making those moves. And in that convo, I talked about some of the moves I had made overseas for work. 
We talked about me moving to Japan, later to Dubai for teaching. Um, and as a result, like I've had a couple of women who've asked me directly for advice about making a big move overseas. They're either about to do the same thing or they're working towards making that first international move. Now, we've both, like between the two of us, we've both uh, relocated, what, seven, eight times? That's I've relocated wild, five right? times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think, you know, it would be interesting to have this conversation. And I think since you and I became friends, what's it been now? Nine years? Oh, at least. Yeah. It seems like longer. I know, but yeah, but but we've had these experiences um, of relocating when we weren't friends. So I think through this conversation, we might uncover some things that we didn't know about each other. Yeah, definitely. I love these chats because it is so interesting, like how ingrained, um, maybe ingrained isn't the right word. It's just interesting. um, Once you start learning about people who you've known, like recently to see how previous experiences have helped shape like their view of the world, their perspective, their mindset, like everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to throw it to you first. When did you leave your hometown for the first time? So I grew up in Southern California in San Diego and leaving my hometown for the first time. (laughs) This sounds kind of wild, but it was a really big deal for me because I loved San Diego. That's where my entire family was. That's where all my friends were. It's where I grew up. And the first time I left my hometown, it certainly was not international. It was just to Northern California, um, where I I went to college at University of San Francisco. And it sounds silly because I literally did not even move this st- move out of the state. But anyone who's from California knows that it's a pretty massive state and that Northern California and Southern California are very different to each other. And so making that move really did feel it felt like a huge deal to me when I did it, you know, in addition to the fact that I was 18 years old, so I was still so uh, like young, you know? Um, But yeah, that felt like a a pretty big move for me. And that's the first time that I left my hometown was going to college. I didn't know. So you went to college in San Francisco. I didn't know that. I did. Yeah. Yep. I went to the University of San Francisco and um, lived right on campus, right at, I mean, University of San Francisco is a really special school. It's incredibly beautiful and it's right up on the hilltop. Like downtown San Francisco is just right below you. Golden Gate Bridge is right there. Golden Gate Park is within a couple blocks. Like it was a very amazing location for a college. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, I've been to San Francisco and obviously I lived in San Diego where we met um, for a couple of years. San Francisco feels like the big city. I mean, well, there's LA as well, right? Yeah. I think LA is probably just like, it seems and feels bigger, but maybe that is like a lot of, you know, Hollywood and the movies and like all that side of it. But San Francisco is a big city. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have feel, it would have felt so different to San Diego, right? I always feel like San Diego it's it's big in terms of like geographic like space but it yeah. still feels like a smaller it's a small city yeah yeah i won't say town because well, that could be insulting <laughs> that might not yeah. insulting <laughs> that might be like hey i'm not from a town it's a city 
well, you're not going to insult me, um, <laughs> but to any of our listeners. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's a city. It's a city. Yeah. No, but actually one of the biggest differences and something that was really difficult for me was the weather. Because in San Francisco, it's very gloomy and rainy mm. and windy, like a lot. And you know, Southern California is like sunshine and perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and perfect and perfect every day. That's exactly what I experienced when we moved from New York to San Diego. It's like, okay, this is like the most perfect climate in the world. Like I thought Sydney had an amazing climate, but when we moved to San Diego, I was like, oh no, this even beats that. And that's from New York. Like New yeah. York is even more drastic, right? God, yes. New York, oh yeah. gosh. The, the weather is a challenge in New York. The yeah. winters. Yeah, the yeah. Are... were you ever like, so I had never experienced this before because I grew up in San Diego, but then for the first time in San Francisco, I understood how the weather affects your mood. I would go days without seeing the sun or anything and it'd be rainy and like windy and I just feel kind of like, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and I never like had experienced that before and I didn't understand what people were talking about when they talked about that. So that was like a really, an interesting thing to experience in, in the midst of like also, you know, now all of a sudden you're on your own. Anyways, like, you know, there's a lot that happens in a move. And I was like getting to know what living on my own was like. And I missed home a lot. I was very homesick, even though I was, again, this is like probably so silly to some people because I literally moved like up the coast. But yeah, so yeah, that was my first relocation experience. And actually in two years, so after my sophomore year, my second year of college, I moved back to San Diego. Oh, okay. So you stopped, you didn't finish studying at San Francisco. Right. I transferred to University of San Diego and that's where I ended up graduating from. Is that because you were homesick? Yeah. 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 I was so homesick. And I was just like wanting to be back home with my friends and, you know, FOMO and, mm -hmm. and I did make really great friends while I was up there, but yeah, just just felt like something was missing. And, yeah, yeah, but I can relate to that. And and maybe at the time, did you feel at the time like you let yourself down or... Because that was a similar experience that I had. I know they're different experiences, but, you know, when I had the Japan experience and I was homesick and so I cut my three years, potentially a three-year contract into a two-year contract. Right. I did later on feel like... Did I sell myself short? Who have I let down? I had those kind of thoughts. Mm -hmm. and But then I thought, well, if you're not feeling good and if you're feeling homesick, um, yeah, you can try and tough it out, but is it is it really worth it? Especially when it's your first experience. I think where that is kind of similar is that it was your first experience moving away. That was my first experience moving away. Mm -hmm. And the homesickness got to us both. I, I, I didn't realize that we had a really similar experience there. Yeah. And I definitely remember feeling that, you know, I was almost ashamed, like I was giving up or something to go back home or like, you know, my parents are going to be disappointed because I really wanted to go to that. I really wanted to go to USF. Like that was just, I was so set on it. And mm -hmm. so I kind of, I felt bad about like then wanting to go back home. 
So yeah, I definitely felt that. That is interesting that you felt that too. But I mean, I feel like for both of us that it wasn't too long before we hopped on the road, so to speak, again, because it was just a few years later that you went to Dubai, right? Yeah, that's right. So I came back for three years um, to, in, to Sydney, to back home, and then I got the bug again. So it almost like, okay, I got over that all right, I recognize what had happened, um, which can totally happen to someone if you, if it's your first time away, if you're in a very, you know, you're out of your comfort zone, all those things that are familiar, um, they can start to kind of eat away at you and you don't even realize Mm. it. And then all of a sudden you realize, whoa, hang on, I don't feel so good anymore. Uh, But then I think once those feelings, uh, you know, once those feelings, uh, you know, quite become, you know, in the distant, history and mm-hmm. in the distant past then um then yeah then I got the bug again to to go so that was only three years later after that so if you you talked a bit about your experience moving to Japan and some of the struggles and stuff that you had and what that was like in the great resignation episode that we did and then you also talked a bit about it in the judgment episode um about how you were kind of feeling in Japan what was different in Dubai? Like, how was that move different to like, were there different, were there a different set of struggles that you faced or um, like, how were the experiences different in Mm -hmm. terms of relocating? Yeah. So both Japan and Dubai were moves for work and they were both teaching jobs. What was different so japan had the challenge of language and dubai didn't so even there's actually two official languages in the uae english and arabic so there's a lot of english spoken which made that transition a lot easier than the one to japan yeah language barrier is huge yeah yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and the difference with the work situation was that japan had a great my work uh, the school that I worked for, I loved and, you know, I had no issues, you know, working there and, and renewing that second year. But funnily enough, the situation in Dubai was that I got a job from Sydney. I interviewed here in Sydney and the school sounded great and all of that. And then when I got there, it didn't meet my expectations. And mm. very quickly I changed schools I changed my yeah where I was oh wow okay I never knew that Mm. how was that was that was it quite difficult to make that switch so from a technical perspective um when you I mean we're talking a move that when so if you're moving for work your visa is tied to the place that you're working right So there's all the paperwork and bureaucracy of your passport, your visa, and this is why you're in the country. So that's a level of complication. The actual resigning, I I have to say, I was pretty fortunate. I had a really candid conversation with the principal there. And, you know, he really saw my perspective. And I was, I, I have to say, I left on very good terms, which was really, which was great. Where I was moving to was a a government institution. And Mm. so they made it easy for me to cancel the original visa and get 
So these are all technical, boring details, but these details that you, you're like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden you're in a country, you're, you know, the reason you can stay there is because of, you know, this placement. And all of a sudden, if you don't have that, then you've got to deal with that technical bureaucracy. I mean, so, you mentioned like these all being technicalities, but, and like, uh, did you say, well, yeah, I, I feel like they're some of the most important parts of a relocation because they're the things that not a lot of people talk about. You know, they're like, I'm a travel blogger and I travel the world and I see all the beautiful things and like, look at all the greatness of this. Or like, I relocated to another country for a job or for school or whatever it might be. And you see a lot of awesome stuff, but you don't see everything that it took to actually yeah. make that happen. It's not exactly. as easy as just getting on a plane. <laughs> no, that weekend before they jumped to another country, they got on a plane, went to another country so they could cancel their yeah. visa and come back in to yeah. the country that they're blogging in and like, hey, I'm back. It's like, hmm, yeah, you've been there for three months. I think you're not allowed to be there for that much time. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every country's different. So mm-hmm. there are different regular. I mean, I've even found that just with straight traveling, not even from a relocation perspective, I remember um, a couple of years ago, John and I did our 90-day Europe trip. And one of the places that we wanted to go was Russia. And looking into what it took for a U.S. passport holder to get into Russia was like, we ended up cutting that from our trip because of you had to apply for a visa within a certain number of days before you entered the country And that number of days was quite close and potentially in conflict with like how close you had to apply for it. And then you had to have a sponsor who would meet you and bring you to the embassy once you got there. It's like a whole thing. I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And that's just to step in the country and visit. (laughs) So then, yeah, exactly. So these are all like, they're the boring details, but they're very important. And yeah. you certainly want to do your, like your research and make sure, um, you know, you get, you check all the boxes and yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, Dubai and mm-hmm. you were in Dubai for quite a while. Mm, six years. Yeah, wow. Six years. Did you visit home a lot? Like, did you have the same type of like homesick feeling when you were in Dubai? No, I didn't. Um, but to mitigate that, because I was afraid that I would have that experience again, I did end up coming home in between a couple of times. I probably visited about three times in the in the six years. Yeah, I, I think I've heard you say this because I, I, I relate to the fact that the second time I made that move, the mindset was this doesn't have to be permanent. I think Mm. the first time you make, like probably your trip when you went to college is like, okay, I've got to do my four, how many years the degree is. So that's like a a time frame that you have to commit to when I think what I did in the second move was like, I'll stay as long as it, I, I, you know, it it works out and I enjoy it. And if I don't like it anymore, if I want to change it up, then I'm open to doing that. And there's nothing that's preventing me from doing that. Um, Yeah, definitely having that going in with that mindset and having that sense of freedom mm -hmm. um, is very, I think, beneficial because times that I've done that, I've felt a lot less stress around the move Mm -hmm. Um, because we get asked all the time now here in Puerto Rico, like, are you guys going to stay here forever? And I'm like... (laughs) I don't know. We're staying here now because we're really happy. But, you know, at any point in time, if we decide that we're not happy here anymore, 
we're, you know, packing it up and moving on. And and I think that there's a lot to be said for that. And I, I wish that I would have known that earlier because obviously I did go into that college experience thinking you have to be there for four years. And I think that that created a lot of unnecessary, um, you know, expectations mm-hmm. and made it even harder when I did decide to leave because I felt like I was like breaking this invisible pact that didn't even <laughs> exist. <laughs> if I would have just gone into it being like, I'm, I'm embarking on a college experience and it's going to be amazing. And if it's not amazing, I can always transfer. Like I never thought that until I was, in a place where I felt so unhappy that I was, you know, uh, you know, I thought there had to be something else. So, yeah. So you were in Dubai for six years and then what prompted your next move? The next move to New York was prompted by changing careers completely, leaving teaching behind and starting something new. And that's when I went to film school in New York. Mm-hmm. And you were with Omar at the time? We had just met and gotten together and it was very very early early stages okay Um, so definitely the choice of New York the decision to pick New York as the next destination was prompted by yes him knowing that he was from there and was probably going back home the other thing was I was sure that I didn't want to come back to Australia Okay. I remember that day when I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to leave teaching. I gave in my notice and I was thinking, where am I going to go next? It's a very fortunate situation to be in um, because I could have just come back home and regrouped and, uh, but then I thought, no, I want to go somewhere else. And it's like, where can you go? It was really daunting at the time because I could really, at that time, I could have picked anywhere. I could have gone to Europe. I could have gone, yeah, somewhere in the States. Uh, Could have come back home. But I thought, no, I want to go somewhere really exciting. Um, And New York just felt like a good choice for the film school and that experience that, you know, I was looking for. Absolutely. (laughs) That is, that's tough when you, when the opportunities or options, I guess, are endless, it makes it that much tougher to say like, okay, if you could literally choose anywhere on the globe, like, how do you narrow that down? But I think to your point, you know, thinking about what your next steps and goals are, that New York makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then once you get through all the paperwork and like, okay, what visa am I going to go in? Uh, All of that. And you figure it out. Okay. That's workable. That's doable. um, Then you just start, yeah, putting the everything into motion. So I feel like you've told me this before, but you were in the States for quite a while. Did you ever go for U.S. citizenship? Was that ever a thought in your mind or no? Um, so the, well, a green card is that that's the first step, right? Before right, uh-huh. citizenship. Um, I don't think I did. I think, and, and having said that the, you know, visa renewal process, um, was something that, you know, you had to do, obviously. And every time it came up, it was like, okay, I've got to go through this process again. Um, and, and you just do it. I remember the first time I renewed my visa in, in Ottawa, in Canada. So I'd never been oh. to Canada before, mm-hmm. never saw that much snow in my life before, but, you know, went for a, a visa renewal. But no, because again, I had the mindset of this doesn't have to be permanent. Mm. And 
you know, and at that point, transitioning careers as well, trying to do something new, building a business with Omar. There's so much uncertainty around that. I just wanted to keep things very simple and not add another layer of complexity of, of you know, green cards and all of that. So mm-hmm. it was just a straightforward, just let's just keep renewing the visa. Um, I like so, that. Staying mm, flexible yeah. when you're making moves and relocating is ab- in every respect, mm. right? Like you have to be prepared for things to not work out maybe the way you thought that they were going Mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe you renew your visa in a month or maybe it takes six months or Mm -hmm. maybe you have to get out of the country for a period (laughs) of time before, you know, yeah, that is, okay, so you are in New York. How You guys were in New York for a year? Almost two years. Two years. Yeah, and then we decided to chase the sun in San Diego. Yes. And that's how, well, we met before that. We met when you were in New York, but I feel like our friendship really, like, you know, saying that our friendship took off, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but. I like that, our friendship be- took off. Yeah, we became very close when you moved to San Diego because we were living down the street from each other. We used to, oh, I miss our Baywalk so much. I know, I know. If it wasn't for you guys, like, you know, that that move was significant for us because life got really expensive in in New York. Um, it, it wasn't like we were running away, but it was like we needed a, a we needed to catch our breath. You know, if I think of like, um, you know, words that I associate with cities that I've been in, you know, countries I've lived in, New York has such a hustle behind behind it that is frenetic and exciting it's exciting it's it's you know it's it's challenging it's fun it's but it's it's it can be exhausting and so coming to San Diego just felt like coming up for air you guys you know inviting us into your home and you know starting to have like real friends and doing those things that we didn't do in New York, you know, go to people's houses. Um, game nights. Game nights. <laughs> Those were fun. What was yeah. that game we would play? Catchphrase? Catchphrase. Yes. <laughs> so good. I love that game. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, sometimes, and that's another thing that I think is just, you might go to a place like New York, for example, mm. And, you know, you went there because you were doing film school and you were kind of checking out this new career path. Um, You and Omar were doing that together and it was exciting and there was a lot going on. But sometimes that, you know, doesn't fit your vision or your desires anymore. And so being able to, you know, make that decision and feel great about it, you know, be confident about it. And I think that that's a big thing when you're, I mean, I think about some of the other moves I've made, like when I transferred back to San Diego and graduated college in San Diego, I went to Long Beach after that, which is just in the LA area. Mm -hmm. So took a little bit of a shorter jaunt the second time (laughs) for grad school. I went for school again, but just realizing that, you know, things change and your priorities change and your perspective starts to change and It was kind of at that point where I started meeting so many people who had traveled to so many different places and seen so many different things. And I mean, we talked in our travel episode about how much we love travel. And it kind of hit me one day that I'm like, 
I mean, that's great that I love California. And it's awesome that my family's all in San Diego. But like, there's an entire world out there. (laughs) And I want to go see it. (laughs) So yeah, that was, um, you know, being ready to accept those changes and, and start to become more confident about making those moves and those decisions. Like after Long Beach, I went back to San Diego again and then moved to Maine. So cross country, um, which I know we've talked about before too, feels like you're going international (laughs) in a lot of ways. Maine and California are very different to each other as well. That move was by far my biggest and But there was a part of me, so I made that move because of John. John and Mm -hmm. I had, you know, started dating and he was moving, we met in San Diego, but he was moving back to Maine to start his career and do his thing. Um, That's where his family is. And when he asked me to move out there, I had so many like doubts and fears about that move for all these reasons, but I knew like in my heart that, that I had to find out, well... I kind of knew John and I were meant to be together at that point already. And so I knew that I had to do it, even though I, you know, was feeling, uh, I was nervous about that move. I couldn't believe I was moving across the country, like so many different feelings and emotions come with that because, you know, you're leaving friends and family and what you know, your comfort zone, like you said earlier. What were your, yeah, what were your hesitations about moving to Maine? What were you thinking you were going to leave behind or... Family was definitely the biggest thing. Um, And I knew that everything in Maine was going to be unknown. I'd never been to the East Coast before, which still seems crazy to me that I can't believe I lived in California for so long (laughs) and never like explored anywhere else. But that was a really incredible. All of the things that I was hesitant about became my best experiences. How so? So like. I mean, you know, I was like nervous about going to the East Coast. I'd never been there before. I'd never been to Maine. I'd never done winters before. Um, But like being on the East Coast and being able to drive to Boston in like an hour, I was like, this is incredible. And being able to fly to New York City, I'd never been to New York City before. And I fell in love with New York City. Um, I became a great skier. So like I started to love winters. Um, but some of the things that, and I know that we talked about this in our friendship and relationship episode is I was nervous that I didn't know anyone there. You know, I was moving there to be with John. And so of course I'd know John and and he has a sister and, you know, his family, but I didn't have any friends there. And that was, I was kind of nervous about that. I mean, as you get older, like Mm -hmm. it kind of almost becomes a little bit more difficult to find friends because, a lot of people that I've met, you know, they're great. They seem like great people, but they already have lives and friends mm. and families and, you know, they're busy and they got a lot going on. And, and it's hard to build a relationship with someone from scratch when you're like, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old. Yeah. So how did you make those first friends? Well, that move was um, simultaneous to, to me exploring a new career and entrepreneurship. So like you, when you moved to New York, you know, I was kind of testing the waters and seeing what it was would be like to run my own business. And so I started attending a lot of networking events. And that's how I met a lot of people that I became very close with. That's where I met my mentor, who I still stay in touch with mm-hmm. today. Yeah, I made some really good friends through those networking events. 
And then, you know, you meet people and then you meet their friends yeah. and friends of friends. And, uh, you know, I became close with John's sister. And so I met her friends. And I did actually end up going back to advertising and marketing when I was there. So I tried to start my own business, which didn't work out that well. But I did meet a lot of people through those networking events. Um, but then I started an advertising and marketing job. And so I met a lot of people through work, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a fear that I think a lot of people would have. Um, and, and then you'll be surprised like you, how quickly you can make new friends. Um, I definitely felt, definitely experienced that. And friends in such random situations. Like I've, I think of people that I'm still connected to from my time in Japan. Um, one of them is my friend Kaya, who's now living in San Francisco of all places. Oh. She was an instructor at uh, the gym that I was going to. And I loved her classes because they were really fun. They were like dance classes with a bit of a Spanish kind of Latin element to them. And I thought, this is different. I've never done a class like this in, in Japan. And so I would take her classes and then we became really, really great friends. Uh, and to this day, I remember even visiting her in San Francisco. She's now become, she's actually a, a very famous um, belly dancer but uh, her tribal belly dancer she's yeah very well known okay. she tours all around the world uh, lives in san francisco with her husband but how random right meeting you know connecting yeah. a, a workout instructor and then just big maintaining that friendship uh you know while we've both moved to different places around the world I'm so glad you mentioned that because i think that that has been another key for me in every move that i've ever made like I was a very much an introvert. And like when I moved to Maine and started going to those networking events, I would literally walk through the door, hang up my coat, and I would go straight to the restroom because I was so uncomfortable. Made I, I didn't know how to introduce myself. I felt silly. I didn't, I, I mean, I was just like, so that was not anything that I had done before. And I think that, you know, that's just one example, but you mentioned like going to a workout class or something like that. I feel like when you get to a new place, the most important thing you can do is force yourself to participate in as much stuff as possible. Not only to kind of like get a feel for the vibe of the place and, and what's available to you, what opportunities you have, um, maybe different passions that you'll uncover, like we talked about in our passions episode. Um, but also I just feel like that is the best and fastest way to meet people is by just putting yourself out there. And it's not always gonna be comfortable, but I mean, look at this friendship that you created. Um, and, you know, meeting my mentor and again, who's somebody that I stay in touch with still today, you know, none of that would have happened if we wouldn't have been willing to, you know, be really uncomfortable for one night to, to make that happen. Yeah. Do you think you have to give up certain things? Like what are some of the things that you've had to give up in those moves that you've made? The biggest thing for me has always been time with family. And that really like kind of stands out as I feel like I gain so much from every move or relocation that I've done, but that's the one constant. Everything else I can deal with. I can deal with not being in beautiful San Diego mm -hmm. because I know I can travel there anytime. Yeah. And, you know, I got to love the winters in Maine, but I don't necessarily miss them now that I live in Puerto Rico. But one constant is um, that time with family. 
But on the flip side of that, because you know I love to argue every <laughs> every side of everything, um, I get to spend so much incredible time with my family now for like weeks at a time, you know, where my family will come down and stay with us at our home in Puerto Rico or I'll go to San Diego and I'll stay with my sister and her family. So like the quality of our time together is not like it. it it's so much higher than when we were right down the street from each other. Cause you know, sometimes you do kind of take that for granted. Like, yeah. Oh, you know, mom's down the street. Like it's fine. I'll see her next week. But you know, when you have that distance between you, I think you're a little more intentional about it. Yeah. And the intensity. What about you? Yeah. And I yeah. was going to say the intensity yeah. of those experiences, uh, deeper and uh, more mm-hmm. intense. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah. Family events, uh, would be things that, that, I think I would have given up or yeah, those all events in friends' lives, whether it's they've gotten married, they've had their first ch- child. Um, when you're away, you, you might miss those and that that's a consequence mm-hmm. of it. I think if you, I think a lot of people might fear career progression or like, you know, when you leave your career that you're in, in your home country and you, you might, go overseas and continue to progress. But I think there's always that sense of like coming back. Will I be left behind? Have things moved forward? I don't know why I bring that up because that doesn't apply to me, but I'm just thinking. Well, no, but I can, Im- yeah, I can imagine. Well, and I think that just like culturally too, like sometimes you move and you might be accustomed to like a totally different routine and a different way of life and a different pace. And like, I mean, even just imagining you moving from New York to San Diego, like there's a lot that changes within just your daily routines and your habits. And it's not exactly the same as, you know, feeling maybe perhaps a bit behind in a career, but I do think that there are some similarities in just feeling like, oh man, okay, I've been away from like this pace of life for a while. Like, let me kind of reintegrate myself into what this is all about. (laughs) Yeah, pace is a good one because I I said New York has the word for me that represents New York is hustle and chaos and frenzy and excitement and buzz. And San Diego just felt mellow, Mm. very Mm -hmm. mellow, just really take, you know, I was able to just take things down, uh, of course quite a few notches slow down a bit and that impacts you know the things that you do the yeah Yeah. or the way you do things you might take a little bit longer to make a decision because hey things just go a little bit slower here you know I don't have to commit right now I don't have to make that decision right now so yeah we need a San Diego Uh, reunion uh, (laughs) I feel like we could talk about this topic for so much uh longer I feel like all of our topics are like that (laughs) whenever we're coming to a close I just feel like we could keep on going but we do have to close out at some point so as we close out today's chat on moving and relocating we hope that you friends have picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most And friends, if you enjoyed this conversation and you have a friend in mind who also might find this conversation helpful, hey, maybe they're thinking of moving and relocating. Share it with them. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com. That's canrelatepodcast.com. Or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.